Some people might say coffee doesn't need chocolate, but you're not some people. You're a dreamer. You see the possibilities of chocolate and caramel flavors swirling together with cold brew, topped with velvety chocolate cold foam and cocoa caramel crumbles. That imagination can only be rewarded with Dunkin's new caramel chocolate cold brew. It's a cold brew dream come true. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Welcome to Tiger's SRD with two hosts who always start on second. Chris Brown. Never-ending parade of mediocrity. And Roger Castillo. Oh, Roger, live in Detroit. Da, 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 da. Welcome to Tigers SRD Supplemental Episode 2, which is just a, sec- well, just a weird way of saying it through Star Trek style. That is our second episode of the week. I'm Rahel, you can say alongside me is Chris Brown. And I want to, before we move on, of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartMedia, and the show emails at tigersrd at gmail.com. I want to thank everybody who reached out to me immediately after we posted the episode on Friday and let me know about Chris's audio issues. And trust me, folks, let me just say this. I, I, I edit all our shows. I'm the one responsible for it. And every time I try my, I, I will spend an hour on, on an audition looking at it. And I'm just, it's like, it's like the mission impossible music kind of thing. Cause it's like you crank it here, crank it there. And you can only do so much. So I thanks to the good folks at Amazon. I ordered a mic telling Chris, I'm like, I'll probably be there Monday. The next day at two o'clock, it was there. Couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, I said that you've got you've got you know a lot of respect at Amazon. They want to they help you out. No, and, and that's the thing. Like this, hopefully this sounds fine now. But you know when we used to do it, you would just call me and I'd talk on my phone and it sounded okay. But we this this format I think is inarguably much better. We can see each other. We can have guests on and look at each other. We can show clips. All that stuff is great. We can answer questions if people pop into the chat. But for whatever reason, all the great equipment you've bought me, I don't know anything. So somehow I'd screwed it up and the sound wasn't coming through. So you bought me something else. And this one's just uh, USB microphone goes right in my laptop. I put my headphones in it. I sound good to me now. I can hear you. Hopefully this will work out and we won't have any more uh, issues going forward. Yeah. And I think it's just as simply it was a USB thing. So if anybody out there who's technical and knows what that means, essentially, I think in the what I bought with it was a USB cord thing. So he could plug the USB for, for bad use. Anyways, not to get, you know, not people just be, make, making behind the sausage, if you will, about that. But honestly, I really appreciate the feedback. It is goes without saying that, like, it's nothing. I don't take anything personal. I'd rather get better than not. And it's one of those things that as the show keeps growing, you know, we're not the kings of Tiger Twitter or anything like that, but uh, we carve our own niche and that's all that matters to us. So. USB but, stands for you suck brown. <laughs> uh, but a lot to get to, and it, it involves some probably a weekend series that I know that I was tuning in and out of yesterday out of the car and watched the game. And I was I yesterday I had to go run do some run some errands yesterday, but I was listening to the game because our own friend of the show Dan Hasty got the call. Yeah, literally got the call up to go. It was you said eleven o'clock. You got the call. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we we don't know exactly what happened. I don't want to speculate. But yeah, Ken Hasty got the call. He had to do the show, and he, he showed up there and did an uh, awesome job. And it's fortunately for you know he, he's worked with 
uh, Jim Price before. He did it in spring training a couple years ago. And fortunately for Jim, he's also named Dan, so he doesn't uh, you know screw anything up when he thinks he's talking to uh, Dan Dickerson. But you no, know, we love Dan Hasty's great, and we love Dan Dickerson on on TV. I think they're both awesome. We both had him on the show. We had them both on the show a number of times. And uh, yeah, it's just really cool. It's it's. I was going to tweet this out because I'm not. Uh, one thing I'm not very good at on Twitter is like congratulating people or being nice or saying good things. Uh, and I just think there's there's. Over the last year and a half or so, there's been a lot of, a lot of good things have happened to good people. Our, our baseball friends, uh, beginning with you taking over MCB, and that was awesome. And you've grown it, you know, doubled or tripled in size, and you've brought in a really cool staff. And then, you know, recently Brandon became the head of uh, Bless You Boys. He's our, our really good friend. And what else? What else do we have? We have you know Emily got on Baseball America a couple of years ago. Ashley and is it Sarah? Sierra Sanchez, yeah, yeah. They're both working at Fangraphs now. Shakia got that award, the, the uh, Saber Award. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of good stuff is happening to good people, and, and it's nice. And this is just the latest. You know, Dan Hasty has worked really hard. This he's been wanting to do since a kid. Uh, he even has, you know, he wrote letters to Ernie Harwell when he was a, a preteen, I think. And so, yeah, it's, it's just really awesome for him to get a chance to do a, a regular season major league game, and hopefully he'll get to do more. Yeah, I hope so. And the, the the overwhelming response on Twitter was like, make this permanent kind of thing. And again, nothing against Matt Shepard. People like Matt Shepard. That's cool. People like Matt Shepard. I, I I'm cool either way. I to me, I don't make. It's not the big. It, it's not the end of the world about the broadcast. Honestly, I mean, people will just make it out to be like this worst thing. And it's especially with the true like Jim Nance. We've talked about this before. People, a lot of people don't like Jim Nance, or they don't like a Joe Buck. But I personally, Joe Buck's fine by me, and I I just don't. I, I even I think the UCLA game, the, the UCLA Gonzaga game was one of the best games they ever called. I mean, yeah, I, I think there are there are I kind of go back and forth. There were a lot of announcements I kind of hated for a while, and then you just I don't know. At, at a certain point, you you go all right. You know, they they tend the the thing I dislike the most now is when guys just get things completely wrong. Which it, I know it's very hard. I'm sure we do it all the time on this, this podcast without even knowing it. Like, I'm sure I'll say the wrong name or say bring something up. I'm, hell, I was on the radio the other day and said Timbo uh, was starting in Detroit or something in Oakland. <laughs> I was texting um, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was very much uh, like, uh, remember the movie Black Sheep? Yeah. With Tommy Boy and, yeah. or, uh, with, with uh, Chris Farley. And he, Kill Whitey. Like, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is as long as you have your information correct, I'm, you know, for the most part, I'm pretty good. Like even guys we love, you know, they have a little personality like Gus Johnson. He'll get stuff wrong. I really like Jason Benetti. I'm sure he makes some mistakes. It's, it's you know, Ben Scully is the top of them all forever. And, and that'll be that way. But, you know, we, we had Ernie Harwell. I just, you, you want a little personality and you want a little flair, but you also want them to get things right. And I think that you know, for the most part, these guys who are national announcers got there on merit. They're not there just because, I mean, maybe with Joe Buck at, at first, but you know, it's it's uh, they do a good job. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of it, it, very dedicated amount of people. Only a certain people; it's only three jobs to get to do this, and so it's like a very chosen bunch. And right now, I know Toronto, for example, they're simulcasting all their games where it's now just it's it's Dan Schulman, by the way, which I did not know was doing Toronto games. The great Buck Martinez, as uh, <laughs> I know, people don't like his voice. And, yeah, <laughs> Buck Martinez, well, a little outside, a little yeah, outside. Like... Ball one, 
you're the Tigers, you're on uh, top of the fifth. And, you know, it's just some of it, some of it's a little, you know, the, the what they call it, puking on the mic. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But it's, it, as far as Tigers broadcasting goes and everything, I just, it's it's nice. To, I mean, look at Ken Cowell, at George Blaha. It's, it's we're, we're very spoiled. Don't look and, now, but the Pistons are within 20. <laughs> Rainbow three. Like, I, I always yeah. think of, you know, like, Imagine, man, George. It's like all the all the highlights of his career right now. He's like, gotta make it exciting somehow. But no, it's it was good. And honestly, I'm really happy for Dan. I mean, Dan, a really fun story. I, I think I've shared this before, but for people who are new listening to the podcast, four years ago, when I knew he was at the ticket, we were on the ticket at the same time. I was I only worked the ticket for a few months back in college when I was transitioning transitioning out of radio into getting out of broadcasting at the time because I just, I knew it wasn't going to, I'll be honest. I wasn't looking at a part-time guy for the rest of my life. And I really with a kid at home and all that, and just wanted to make the mess to make much money as possible. Mm-hmm. And when I was started, you and I started doing this, he reached out to me. He started following me on Twitter. I'm like, Oh, Dan Hasty, That's the name. It sounds familiar. And I knew he did updates at the ticket. And he was, he was just like, Hey, I was one like, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of your pod. I'm like, I thought it was a prank. I was like, who who sent you? And and that began, again, not because of self-confidence thing, but it's just not very often that happens. And yeah, since day one. A genuine great dude. Really yeah. good dude. Like uh a couple of years ago, we went out there, we went to a game, and uh, you know, we'd been driving for two hours or whatever. So we got up to the press box and I took my shoes off because uh I don't know, you know, I'm not a professional journalist, whatever. And we walked in there, we were talking to him, and he was telling us all sorts of great stories. He's like, where are your shoes? I'm like, I left them in there. He's like, you're much stranger than I expected. I was like, <laughs> That's right. That's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah he's just, it's like, um, it's been kind of a thing where he, he just randomly said that message to me, and it really kind of, I don't know, it just resonated with me that he just went out of his way mm-hmm. to do that. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to send me a DM. And it just started a really good relationship, him and I, just in terms of just he's been on the Tiger Miley Report a couple times, and he's just been a really good dude. And, and to have somebody like that in your corner like that, it just goes a long way. And he sent us a lot of listeners and everything, so I, I was really stoked for Dan. And so he was he's part of the MCB staff well, on hiatus right now because obviously he's getting back in the baseball season. Mm-hmm. But to have somebody like that caliber to, to back up like that, I don't know. That's just that's really cool. So. For sure, but uh, let's go into the supplemental. What's yeah. up? Fortunately, he, get, he didn't get to call a very good game. Oh yeah, and that's. I mean, I so, guess was, of the games in the weekend, it was probably the best one, but still. Yeah, and it, and it is really yeah, and that's something that you know you I know you were watch you watch, you didn't watch any of it yesterday because you had stuff going on at home, but you didn't miss much in the sense that, well, folks, it was one of those things where I, the ninth inning. <sighs> Oh man, you know I I really want to root for Victor Reyes. I really I know Victor Reyes is a guy who's come under a lot of scrutiny in his town for being a Rule Five and and the days of you know like there's a nickname going around call him soft serve. But yesterday was one of those moments where I <laughs> he's out in center field, Soto, you know busting his busting his ass, Willie Crest. Can't see it and they can't find it. And he had the sunglasses, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's very difficult when you're looking right up into the sun to try to see a baseball. I mean, I would think that they're, they always talk about Al Kaline's, you know, method or t- taking guys out and showing them how to do it, hitting fly balls to them directly in the sunlight so they learn how to do it. Uh, and maybe, you know, losing Mr. Kaline has cost him there, but you're a big league outfielder. You, you got to make those catches. I know it happens fairly frequently. And uh, I guess technically, the, the good thing to do is to fall down and stumble and just stay where you are and hope it doesn't go behind you like he did. Keep it in front of you, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that, you know, the Tigers, Matthew Boyd pitched another really good game. He pitched into the eighth inning. I can't remember the last time that happened. And uh, Jose Cisnero came in there and, and was just nails in a relief role. He really, I think he got behind 3 0 on the first batter and then came back to strike out the next two guys and then get out of the jam. And, uh, you know, the Tigers had a chance to win it, but there in the ninth, you, you get that you know, fly ball that Reyes can't see. And I, I'm still, I didn't get a good look at the the grounder that got by Candelario. It sure didn't seem like it should be an error to me. It looked like it was hit pretty hard, but I don't know. I didn't get a good look at it. So, yeah, it I mean, was one of those, it was one of those plays where I, I think, I know they ruled it. They ruled in an error, but that was, I mean, I think Candelario, no, nine times, I'm not going to, I'm going to give Candelario the benefit of the doubt on that one because he's a pretty good defensive third baseman, as we've talked about before. So, Hasty said it yesterday on the broadcast, went right in the area where the Tigers weren't, and that's that's all there is to it. It's, there's just nothing more to it on that. Yeah, hitting Harold Castro, which I'll never say that again with a straight face without laughing about it. To be fair, I mean, he went three for four yesterday with two RBIs and a strikeout, and he kept the Tigers single-handedly in the, in the game. And then one mistake that, you know, and I will say this, Matthew Boyd has pitched a hell of a year so far. And why? Because he's limited home runs and he only allowed one. Unfortunately, it was the one that helped the ace tie the game up yesterday off the bat of Sean Murphy, catcher Sean Murphy, who was coming in on a year bat 161. It, it is one of those things where you look at the A's and it's just Matt Chapman. He, he went 0 for 4. He struck about three times and they couldn't they, they couldn't cash in. I mean, the, the top of the lineup did absolutely between Grossman, Candelario, Castro, and Ramos. You're looking at a lineup here that went 13 bats, and you went three for 13. That's it. Three for 13, and that's all you can muster. But to be fair, I mean, four strikeouts. Okay. Of course, Candelario and Grossman with the walks. But then your guy in the five-hole... Nunez, nothing. 0 for 4. Goodrum had a pair of strikeouts. But he got hosed over the week on Saturday. I don't know if you saw the mm-hmm. call on Saturday. He got hosed. I did, yeah. There was some bad umpiring. And I saw that the umpire score was plus 2 in favor of Oakland. But yeah, still, that's, that's egregious, yeah. Yeah, I, but you still, you still got a hit, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what we saw over the weekend was a failure in, uh, in every aspect of the Tigers. They, they failed in every capacity they possibly could. So... You know, the, the first game of the week was Thursday, right? They they go out and Scooble struggles his way through three innings, four innings. I don't remember. So much so that uh, so much four so that Trimble's could take his turn in the rotation on Wednesday. Yeah, although they said Hinch said wanted to make sure that, that that's not a punishment. This was part right. of the plan for them to, to manage innings. Basically, instead of it sounds like instead of running like a six man rotation, they're just going to kind of make tandem starts for some guys, which was always an option and make. Yeah, so Scooble struggled, but he kept the Tigers in it somehow. He was only, what, 2 nothing, or was it, it was something like that. And then the bullpen comes in, and basically the Tigers walked 12 batters on Thursday, pitching staff. 
you, you don't win. And they made two errors. And then so the next two games, you get Jose Urania is like his best start of his career. Again, you know, a little bit aided by some umpiring. He set a, a career high with eight strikeouts. But seven innings of, what did he give up, one run? Two runs, maybe? No, he gave up. He, he gave up. I don't think he gave up a single run. It looks like it looks like two runs he gave up. Arena? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Arena. Yeah. Um, but again, Tigers, four hits, no runs. Next game, Casey Mize makes some mistakes and they pay, he pays for it. That's kind of been the story of his, his career so far, other than the game with Astros. But he but, did go out there and give him innings. Yeah, he did four runs over five innings. It's not ideal, but it's survivable. But again, the offense, five hits, no runs. I don't know what, what can you do with that. And then yesterday, like we said, they make another error, two defensive miscues in the ninth inning, and only two runs. And it's it's he scores six runs over four games. You're not going to win many series or in many games, and that's what happened. And it's it's hard to figure because they looked they looked like this you know offensive powerhouse against Houston, but against Cleveland and against Oakland they looked uh, completely inept. So that may just be the way it's going to look. Over the course of the season, maybe it's them playing on the road. Who knows? But yeah, it's really frustrating. And look, and I will freely admit that I wanted Urena in the bullpen. I freely admit that, and I didn't expect to see what I saw the other day. But you, you were encouraged by it, even with if you're looking at some of like the little minuscule stuff. For stat wise, I mean, his whiff percentage is up on a sinker. Well, they, what's the heck has calls a sinker, mm-hmm. which is a um. It's up 25.9% compared to last year, 23. But his put-away p- pitch is a slider, and that's been a jump, Chris. I mean, last year it was 21%. This year it's a 29.6%. And what's interesting is he basically didn't have the slider for like the first four or five innings of that, that game. I want to say he threw like nine of them, and one of them was a called strike. or Maybe not none of them were called strike. I think two were put in play. Uh, one was fouled and one was put in play. So – and then, yeah, he dialed it in. And sometimes you see that with pitchers. You know, they, they find it later in the game. And even back in his first start, Arena, you know, it was that brutal outing against the Twins, I think, where he's, his pitches were dancing all over the place. He ended up with like 13 or 14 swings misses. But he couldn't also find the zone, possibly because they were dancing so much. So, yeah, I, I think with Urania, you're going to get kind of a Spencer Turnbull light experience a lot of times. I think there'll be games where he just walks away too many guys and is out by the fourth inning, and then every now and then we'll see what he did the other night. And it's just how long can you tolerate that? Uh, it, it'll be it remains to be seen. But, yeah, you, ideally when your starter goes seven innings and gives up two runs, you, you win that game, but not when you don't score at all. It's, it's tough to score or win when you don't score any runs. That's what I've learned. Well, if he can do what he did in 2018, which is, I mean, right now he's at a 51% ground ball rate. In 2018, the last good season, he had a ground ball rate of 50%, and weak contact was about 2%. So if he could go back to that, I'm fine with that. I mean, he yeah, gave I mean, him, you know, he gave him exactly what Detroit needed. Yeah, that's what you're hoping to get from him. You're hoping to get, you know, if he gets himself into trouble, he's going to get a ground ball and get out of it, and, and mostly weak contact. And I think that's largely what we've seen. I don't think that he's been bombed much. I, I don't. I don't remember every pitch of every uh, his first two starts. It mostly seemed like self-inflicted issues, basically. Yeah, I mean, his whip is a little high right now. It's one point seven zero. I mean, after three starts, yeah. and he's only, that's a toughie. Uh, yeah, it is a toughie. You know, you're absolutely right. You can't really. But, but it's lower than it was after the first two starts. I'll say that. That's true. His XERA, by the way, four point two four. Compared to his regular acceptable. ERA, yeah. yeah, his regular ERA is five point five two. So there you go. I mean, I'll take a full run less for his that. And you, you look at his K rate, Chris, 
which is a career high right now. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't expect that to to last no, necessarily, of course, but yeah. fun, but, fun, yeah, fun it, to think about, you know. Yeah, I mean, there are some positives there. That's that's, I guess, yeah. Of the issues over the weekend, starting pitching was the least concerning. Uh, you still had a couple, you know, rough outings from the young kids, but that's to be expected, I think. And, and we, this Google hasn't looked quite right all year, and we know we know by now that Mize. We keep saying that. The idea that Mize is this control monster, it just isn't true. He was, he had really good control for a college pitcher through a lot of strikes, but he doesn't have pinpoint command. And it, we've seen what happens when he misses his spot. And unfortunately, he's you know prone to do that a couple times a game. And what we saw against Houston was, was him not missing a spot all that often, or at least Houston not taking advantage of it. But he's going to have some issues when, when he can't locate his pitches. And, and I, you know, I feel like that's going to be a, a problem for him. For the foreseeable future, I think I don't think anybody was expecting like a, a, a you know Verlander style ace, but he's looking more like he's probably just going to be a solid number three, number four starter, which is a bummer, but still very valuable if that's what he can become consistently. So you just got to hope he can find that consistency somewhere. Yeah, and, and speaking of finding some consistency, you would hope that the bullpen at some point would come to consistency because so walks per nine. If you look at the league leaders right now, the Cubs have the worst at six point three nine. Ugh. They but have the they have the second worst run differential in baseball. They do behind, behind the Tigers. And but but they have a K per nine of twelve point oh five. Yeah. So but I mean, yeah, and, and that's that's kind of who are the guys they have in that bullpen? They got Kimbrel over there in Chicago, and, and what's the the one dude who's just a, a walk machine but has nasty stuff? I'm trying to remember his name. Are you talking about uh, Pedro Strope? No, no, no. No, but he probably qualifies for that too. That's <laughs> just gonna say. It um, seems they just called up Shelby Miller, who we saw last week, and or I saw last week in Triple A Toledo, or at in Toledo against the Tigers uh, inter squad game. I think of the walk guy you're talking about. Um, are you talking about the uh, Dan Winkler? No, shoot, it's it's a he's like a thirty year old. He's been Don, like the guy D- Dylan Maples. Dylan Maples, yeah. Dylan Maples okay. has got nasty stuff, but has never thrown strikes in his entire life. Seven innings, eight walks, but 12 strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's who he is. That's, but so. Yeah, no, it's... It, the, the reason why I did the Shane Green piece this morning is because <laughs> nostalgia around here, we love nostalgia. Tiger fans love nostalgia. And like good pitching. They also, they also like good pitching. And Shane yeah. Green... There's some concerns of velocity drop a little bit. There's the his cut his uh, cut fastball a little bit losing the same wasn't as uh, effective as it was a couple of years ago. But that happens as you get older, and that and that's fine. But I think he would not solve the problems because the Tigers still walk too many batters right now. It's it, it, Jimenez, by the way. Nice knowing you, man. I'm sorry, and that sounds like a callous asshole thing to say. But it, when you go ahead, Chris. No, it's a tough business, man. We, we don't yeah. take pleasure in saying that. And, and that, that brings us, I, we didn't get a question for the first podcast a week ago, but it came in today. It was from uh, Bradley G. Looks like Brad Goldemond. He said, why are Daniel Norris and Joe Jimenez still on this roster? And I think uh, that was three days ago he asked that. And I think I think he's going to get his wish with, with Joe Jimenez. I, I don't think Jimenez is going to be, he's certainly not going to be on the major league roster much longer. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he gets designated for assignment. Uh, because yeah, he's just he. What did you say? He's seven walks in less than an inning, or one full inning he's pitched. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean that's. You can't, you can't survive that. 
And I think he was called up because the bullpen was very taxed in the last couple of weeks. And so mm-hmm. AJ Hinch has given up. I give AJ Hinch credit. He's tried. He tried. He's like, here, prove yourself. And he yeah. got, there was a call. There was a call. I think it was, was it the first game or the second game. I can't remember which one it was, but he was, he threw a strike and was walking out the mound. It's like, dude, you can't do that, man. Yeah. It was, it was, um, was that Thursday's Thursday? game? It yeah. Was Thursday. It was the walk fest because yeah, he, he had been all over the zone, and he did throw what should have been strike three, but it's tough to blame the up. I think it was one of those pitches where I think uh, Ramos was setting up and away, and it was a strike like down and in. He had to move across the zone, and the up missed it. But I, you don't necessarily blame him. And yeah, it, you don't you don't earn that level of respect if you can't show you can throw strikes. And I mean, honestly, that throwing. I mean, Jimenez has never been like a, a an elite strike thrower, but I don't remember him being like a huge walk guy either. I think home runs no, were his no. issue. He just he doesn't look right at all. He doesn't his velocity is down. There's no uh, snap to his breaking ball, and I don't know the way I describe it is he just looks like a guy who's not as flexible as he once was. He looks stiff. I mean, he's always been a big dude, and anybody who's gotten older, I mean, we're I'm forty, you're pushing forty, not to put you on blast there, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, you lose your flexibility. That they, Berliner talked about that a ton when he was pitching. Like when he got injured, he realized he wasn't flexible at all. And there, there are probably things you can do to do that. But sometimes your body just changes in your twenties. It happens. And if he can't, he doesn't have that whip in his arm anymore, so he can't get away with the fastballs that he once did. And and honestly, I mean, we've talked about this before. With Jimenez, you're talking about one half of one season where he was good. It was it 2018 where he was good for the first half and made the all-star yeah, team? Correct. And he's been bad ever since. And as much as we like the story, we like the guy, it's a results-based business. Even when you're the worst team in baseball or one of the worst teams in baseball, you still have to have guys who are, who are out there putting up numbers, good numbers. And, and so, yeah, I think he'll – I think he's going to be gone soon. And, you know, that, that remains to be seen if somebody would take a, a – if they DFA him, if somebody would take a shot on him and see if they can fix him. Maybe, maybe not. I thought somebody would take a shot on Kristen Stewart, and they didn't. Uh, as far as Daniel Norris goes, uh, I'm not the world's biggest Daniel Norris fan anymore. You know, I, I, I used to, way back in the day, you can find it somewhere where we, we said, you know, you, Rogelio said that Matthew Boyd was going to be better. And I said, well, you know, Norris has got the better stuff, and he's the higher prospect, and, and it just hasn't worked out for him. And a lot of the stuff that endears Daniel Norris to other people like, you know, being in the van and, and being pretty and taking pictures, I, I it kind of annoys me. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why. It just, uh, you know, whatever. It's my my issue, not his. But to be fair, he was one of their best relievers last year. And he hasn't looked great so far this year, but he's going to stay on the team because he's a left-hander, uh, you know, a lefty with with some history of getting guys out in, in recently. So, and also, he's in this final year of, of his contract or his arbitration eligibility. So he's going to be a free agent one way or the other. I don't think they would just cut him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's on the team because they need arms. And uh, he's there. And he has results recently. So I, I trust me, I understand the, the the desire to be like, get this guy out of here. But, you know, it, it's a bit too soon for Daniel Norris, I think. Not to mention, if you look at, and you and I went to Toledo on Friday, went there Thursday, and I went there Friday. There's not much to be right yeah. about. There's not much in AAA, or what would be the AAA roster right now. Right no, now, point. No, I mean, you think about it this way. Ian, we saw Ian Kroll pitch. He allowed a hard hit 
ball, but he, he had a pair of strikeouts in the, the eighth inning when we were there. Bro Burles, his velocity's down. I mean, it wasn't nothing, again, nothing's, you know, the right home out. Uh, mm-hmm. Hutchison started through, I mean, it was okay, but he was also against 4A guys who was getting kind of lit up a little bit. So that's not good. I mean, the Reds, the Reds have a couple, they had a couple of good high prospects in there. Jose Garcia, we mentioned. And there's Although a couple he, didn't guys, do, he didn't do much, but no, he didn't do much. But yeah. that, what was it? TJ, uh, uh, TJ Friedel hit a home run. And that was and a then, bomb. And, yeah. Narciso Cook, uh, a crook hit a home run too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we saw five different pitchers down there and not, I mean, like you said, you could see a spot maybe for Ian Kroll, uh, at some point and he probably will come up at some point, but yeah, Hutchinson is, is Hutchison. I want to put an N in there, but, uh, yeah, he, he, it wouldn't shock me if he comes up and makes, makes a spot start later in the season, one of those things, but yeah, there was nothing terribly impressive there. Uh, and then, yeah, who came in after him? Was it, you said Burroughs, Burroughs, yeah, Burroughs. yeah. Burroughs, I, I think he touched 95, but it was mostly 91, 93. And he threw some sliders, a couple curves, some change-ups, but he got hit hard. And he, I think he only pitched two innings total. They brought him up for a third, and that was it. Yeah. And then, yeah, Ethan DeCaster came in, who yeah. didn't yeah, De- good. Yeah, Ethan DeCaster, who is a guy that, that they seem to like because of his funky arm angle, but he was, like, popping out at 86, I think, 85, 86, mostly with yeah. fastball, and he hit two dudes and walked another. He just he, he couldn't locate the zone Looks, at all. He looked very scattered, yeah. And uh, Robbie Ross Jr. came in there. And, and you know what was interesting about that is uh, we're pretty sure that his dad was sitting down in front of us. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, when you're there watching a game and trying to, you know, start pitches and, and, and you know, be professional and stuff, like, I think sometimes it's good to see the family there and remember like, these are these are humans. This is this dude's son, we assume. Maybe not. Maybe he's just a huge Robbie Ross fan. Uh, but you know he's living and dying with every pitch in this meaningless game, and you know it's it's a guy who's hanging on to his dreams. He was a major leaguer, but it hasn't been like a great major leaguer. And it's just it's it's good to remember the human aspect of things like that. Like yeah, you know you want to. It's a cold game, like we said, and you want to judge these guys based on what they're doing. But it's a nice reminder that you know you're you're talking about somebody's life here. Uh, and then yeah, and then it was Kroll, I think, at the end, and he had he inherited the bases loaded situation, I believe, from Casper. Yeah, he allowed that double, and then after that, he kind of he calmed down. And that was yeah. the first appearance. That was his first appearance, I believe, too, of the of in the alt site. Yeah, so it, it wasn't a, a rough situation, and then you're going to face those. But uh, yeah, he looked okay. I think uh, among the pitchers, he probably was the best looking one. So, but uh, to your overall point, you can get rid of Norris and Jimenez, but who you're replacing with them? Uh, there's not a whole lot of options there. Oh, and speak of the fans down there, by the way, can we talk about the fans to the right of, to the right of us? For a second, because those guys, I mean, uh, look, and I think that's why Robbie Ross's dad, who I think I'm convinced with you, that was his dad. Mm-hmm. If you go to a game and look, I think most of our fan base is pretty civilized, but I think that was the most obnoxious group of fans I've ever witnessed in my life. And I've gone to a lot of baseball games and I don't know what it, it, like when you're yeah. in a public public discourse, I think it's a conversation you probably hear, uh, you know, kids, life. Do you hear about your glory days from high school? I mean, it, it, it was it was one of those things where I know you, you like it was uh, it was one of those things where I know for a fact you run into softball guy, mm-hmm. that guy who was because his coach burned him and got really uh, showed him. Well, so the, the one way I want to describe it is I think everybody in their life has known that one dude who 
just knew about everything, knew a little bit about everything. Everything had happened to him before. He'd seen it. He'd done that. Dude, you won't believe it. I did this. And uh, no, nah, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, like bro, bro, super, bro. super annoying guy. There were four of them together somehow. All four of them super annoying and loud and talking, bragging about everything. And somehow there were two girls with them. I don't know why they would want that. But yeah, four of them together. And it was just brutal. Yeah. And the guy... <laughs> When he was talking about it, like why he didn't play height, like you know, I could play D one. I batted five hundred with uh, you know, five home yeah. runs or whatever the stats were, and I just thought of the song instantly. Yeah. Oh, hey. uh, you <laughs> know the reason why, the reason why I didn't go D one is because you know my daughter, man, my daughter came in important. You know, you have a yeah. kid like that. And well, heard, heard multiple times that he was he didn't his coach hated him but had to win because he was too good, man. I was too good. Which That's had to too play good, me. bro. And I did a bro yeah. counter, and I will, yeah. I'll, I'll, I will have put on Twitter, do bro counter from my notes from the game, and I was counting because he kept saying it. It was like the bell going off in my head, like ding, 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 ding. This guy would not shut up. He was so obnoxious. I was vaping, just, vaping, and then they got yelled at for vaping. It was just a typical bro, dude, bro, 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 dude, yeah, bro, bro. bro. You had to hear about every kind of conquest in high school, not just on the baseball field. Oh. Like all the stories of girls. Yeah, it, it was God. just. It oh, is, it was, it, and then the, the one girl was like, oh, yeah, I've done that, too. And, and like the, 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 the discourse, it was how loud they were saying. Yeah, it, we're a PG-13 anyway. show. Yeah, but anyway, it was that was obnoxious. But getting back to baseball real quick. D- different kind uh, of exhibition that was. Yeah, this different yeah. kind of exhibition that was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there was a. Honestly, like just looking at the bullpen options for the Tigers, it, it, there's not much to speak of. And so if we do see in Kroll, that's fine. And uh, Spencer Trouble's start, like I mentioned uh, on Thursday a little bit, was he, he's he's ready to go on Wednesday. So that it's going to be a good thing. And and not to mention, in terms of even from an offensive standpoint, too, it was good to see Eric Haas in two straight days hit home runs and he showed some power. But Derek Hill looked a little lost in the plate again. Second day in a row, I saw him. He looked and he left the game in the sixth. Yeah, I was. This is completely irresponsible speculation. But every time I watched him, he he looked like he was not feeling well. Like he was a little bit sick. Like it seemed like whenever he was at the plate, he was actually like hanging his head down and looking at the plate. Like it was difficult for him to keep his head up. And he did. I think he struck out in his first two at bats on a total of seven pitches. I think. Yeah. And then and then his third at bat, he uh, he got behind and then he hit a double off the wall in the right field. And uh, but then he was gone after that. Yeah, they replaced him with Jake Robinson. So I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm just speculating. He wasn't feeling well. He. he didn't look great plate. Uh, we also in the both days I didn't see Daz Cameron at all. Yeah, that's right. No, no sign of Daz Cameron. In again, speculation. Who knows if, if he's being right? You know, in quarantined or something like that. The game was but canceled did, yesterday too, by the way. I, I I didn't know they were playing yesterday, but I did see Jake said something about yeah. like yeah that there's no game. So yeah, that you know they're dealing with the same stuff everybody else is, and it's just a little bit more quiet. But it was kind of an interesting. We got to see the top top. Five of the lineup, top, five, top six maybe, were interesting players who have major league time or we'll probably see in the majors. So it was – yet uh, Derek Hill leading off. Isak Paredes was batting second, and he actually – he didn't have a great game. He got on base in his first two at-bats on errors by the third baseman. A uh, different kind. One was like a fielding error and one was a throwing error. And then his third at-bat, he did – he got a pitch. I think, I think that was after the Hill double, so they're men on second and third with one out. And he, he hit it 400 feet to center field for sack fly, but – that was it. I don't remember him doing anything else. Um, and who was third? Third was Rogers. That was Rogers. Yeah. yeah. And he had, he had a he had a single. And I think he had a two run double later in the game, right down the line. 
Yeah. And then Cody Clemens uh, looked pretty good. Now, we have to qualify this with, with who the, the Reds were pitching. Their first pitcher was Bo Takahashi, who I think popped out at like 91, 92. And, and he looked okay, but this is not a, a an elite major league arm by any no, stretch it was, of the imagination. He was a Diamondbacks uh, guy for a while. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Clemens drew two walks, I think. And, and they were pretty good walks. You know, it wasn't, I think the first one may have been four pitches, but the next one he, he actually worked the at bat. And then he, he got uh, Brandon Finnegan was pitching, former top prospect, get out of TCU, pitched in the, the College World Series and the regular World Series with the Royals in, in the same season. And then I think he was traded to the Reds for Johnny Cueto. And you know, his career hasn't gone the way uh, you'd expect, but he was a lefty, a tough lefty, and Clemens worked him to 3 2 before he struck out. And then you got that that final at bat against uh, was was Hector Perez, I think his name was. Yeah, Hector Perez. Yeah. So Hector Perez was throwing hard. He was sitting ninety five, ninety seven, but it wasn't he, the hardest throw. He was the hardest throw the Reds had all day. Yeah, and the one dude in the middle was pretty good, but I forgot his name. He struck out. I thought he struck out everybody, but oh uh, yeah, 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 the guy before him. But good he, call. He forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he his fastball definitely had more life to it than Hector Perez. Hector Perez is kind of it was over the top arm yeah. angle and and it was very minimal arm side movement if any at all and he also threw this kind of really short slider it was like 86 88 that basically didn't have any horizontal movement at all it seemed almost like yeah, it was just like a drop pitch uh, and, and clemens took one of those sliders deep 410 feet for a home run and like i said it's it's not a he's not a major league reliever i don't think but the guy was throwing hard and he, he got a pitch he liked and i don't know I, I think we got an idea that of how clemens can be useful at the major league level on the road. He's a guy who's going to give you some solid at bats and then run into power. I think, I don't know what he's going to hit in terms of average or provide a defense, but I think we will see him in the majors probably later this year, if not uh, definitely by next year. I, I want to mention Ryan Cradler a little yeah. bit because we talked about it Thursday. He had a single on Friday right up the middle, and I thought he played a pretty good defensive shortstop. Again, it, it is worth mentioning. This, this is a guy who was only at low A 2019 in Connecticut, which no longer exists. So it's, you thought that based off, I mean, there's no idea in any of these charts that we discussed on prospect lists that he came up on anything because the 2020 season was lost and maybe we would have seen him descent a little higher, but he's handling guys above what would have been above his level. And again, again, he played college. I mean, he was a junior, right? Where was he a senior when he graduated? He was, he was a junior, UCLA. He, he was uh, he was on the UCLA team that Michigan beat on their way to, I think it was the Super Regional, on their way to Omaha. And he was, you know, stretched up third baseman for him there. And he was mostly known for his buff, but he did have a solid junior season. And, yeah, I mean, he, he was the third consecutive, the, the third, uh, you know, college infielder they took in a row back in that 2019 draft. It was Green, Quintana, Lipschitz, Kreidler. And... You just kind of, kind of, like you said, he's kind of forgotten man because he was down in Connecticut while Quintana and, and Lips just moved, moved up. And yeah, something's happened over the, the last year or so in instructs and in, in offices where he, they seem to be a lot more confident in him and with good reason. I think he, he goes up there. It's, it's a funny swing. It doesn't seem to have a whole lot of loft to it. It's almost like a, a, an emergency hack at all times. And, and for whatever reason, it just really reminds me of Don Kelly's swing. I don't know why, uh, but he's, you know, he's a right-hander, not a left-hander, but yeah, he, he puts the bat on the ball, and he, he has surprising power to the opposite field. We saw it in training, and we saw it again in this game where he hit the ball to the wall in opposite field. And, like, I don't think there's a, a major league regular there, but he seems like a solid utility bet, and he seems like he's pretty close already. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things where we may find out now. We saw it a little bit with Badu, and, of course, he, he came back down to earth over the weekend. 
that sometimes maybe we're just overestimating how long it takes some guys to get to the majors. There's some guys that may, might have a certain level that they can get pretty quickly, and we just kind of keep them in the minors for whatever reason. And I think, yeah, I think Kreider could be a solid utility player for the Tigers as soon as next year, if not later this year. I mean, that, he, he seems close to me, and I wouldn't be shocked if they send him to double A or even keep him in Toledo, which yeah. is which is moving fast for even if, for a college kid, but that's just what he's shown us. I mean, and, and I hate to say this, but Quintana's back in the second round, and he looked better than Quintana. Yeah, no, that's sorry. Right. I mean, sorry, Quintana, not sorry. Quintana hasn't shown us anything in pro ball yet, unfortunately. And yeah. it, hopefully he figures it out. But that, you know, you see, that happens, man. They're, they're yeah. guys who look like they can do it in college, and suddenly in pro ball they can't. And uh, I don't know. We, we don't want to you know, close the coffin door on Quintana just yet. Irresponsible speculation. Yeah, yeah it, it's Kreidler seems to have moved up the pecking order for sure. The, one of the things that I, I took away, too, about his performance, too, is the walks. He had a really good eye. He had a really good eye. He had a pair of walks on Thursday and I think a pair of walks on Friday. And so it was it was good to see that. And also it was the the amount of video that I got on Twitter and the response. I want to thank everybody who was following us on Tiger Mind Report, the the amount of red prospect heads out there. Holy crap, man. I was blown away. How many like you, you tweeted out that from the account, the or the uh home run by the Reds prospect, and it just Taylor Trammell, all these like blue check marks kept like, oh wow, you know, it was it's amazing. Yeah. So Yeah, it's it's interesting. We we don't get a whole lot of that from Tiger's Twitter. Um, no. and I don't know if that's you know by design or if they're just discouraged, or you know, it could be that TJ Friedel's just a like an awesome guy and everybody who's ever known him really was happy to see him in a home run. Uh, but you know, it, or it could you know, sometimes weird things happen on Twitter where one person uh, who is followed by a bunch of different people uh, you know, retweets something and, and it, Everybody's happy about it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it even works with the time of day. I found that whenever I tweet out an article or like tweet an article at like 4 p.m., 4 p.m. to 5 p.m., just crickets. Nobody responds to it at all. But if you do it in the morning or, you know, early in the afternoon, it, it people seem to interact with it. So I don't know. Yeah. And one of the last things, that, there was a couple of things that I, we didn't get to do this last week, but I'm going to definitely make up for it this week because we want to make both episodes very distinctive but the one there was a there was a, a situation this weekend first and foremost the yankees are in last place everybody's making a big deal about it yankee fans are dicks apparently too which they are i mean they're getting after Lindsay. is it adler I believe it Lindsay adler yeah yeah I mean, come the on. athletic i believe you yeah. it called out the yankees for being bad and the fans are like nope 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 and then booing and then taking throwing balls on the field and just acting like brats but then the cream of the crop and it's been a while since I've been able to play this, but I can play this with confidence, Chris. Hey, listen, you didn't need to post that. Why? Why did you post it? It's too late now to delete it. Now we just have to live with it. And that would come from Nationals Twitter. It took me a, it took me a second to realize like what was you you sent over and it was re- like really that that just happened. Huh? Oh, that's that's strange. So, right now, if you look at who leads the sh- leads shortstop, it was a defensive category, correct? Uh, yeah, everything. And, and it was defense. it was one of those things where I, I kind of sat there and go, and it, it didn't it didn't hit me right away because I was reading it and I go, wait, what? This actually just happened. Here is what it is. Oh, now it's unavailable. Oh, damn it! Very good. Well, essentially, I'm, the I'm sure people, was, plenty of people screenshot it, but it, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he was. It was a Nats Twitter account. So he was talking about how who's the best shortstop in baseball this year, and you know, clearly going to say Trey Turner. But then he just drops like it's not the guy with the gold chain or the other guy with the gold chain or the guy with the you know blonde dreadlocks or the other guy with the blonde. Like it was very overt, like racist bullshit. And I don't know why you would have to do any of that to point out that your player is good. Like it doesn't make any sense to me other than, you know, it's coming probably from a bad person. And that's, that's what, I think that's what everybody got out of. It was like, Oh dude, this is bad. Yeah. I I was going to write about the Tigers, you know, Trey Turner being a guy that the Tigers should go, you know, everybody's talked about this great free agent class next year. Well, he's, he's a free agent the year after he's got this year and next year. And he's also one of the best shortstops in baseball. So why not go after him? See, because the Nats are kind of secretly helping the Nats ballpark here. So they, they might be more inclined to trade them because they don't have much of a farm system. And we talked about this on the way home from Toledo. They've got Juan Soto, who's one of the best players in baseball, like, you know, one of the top three players for sure. But he's only 21, 22. So it's not, it's not like you have to build around him immediately because – you know, you're, you're worried about him not being good anymore. He's going to be good for like 10 more years. So they can take a small step back right now, try to rebuild. We've seen Strasburg hit the IL. Scherzer's leaving next year. So there are reasons to think maybe they can try to do a quick turnaround. And, and one of those things they could do is maybe trade Trey Turner to the Tigers. But uh, so I was going to write about that. And then this loser tweets this out. So I don't know. I don't know if I want to touch it now. <laughs> I think you should go after it because, yeah, it, and look, it was coded. It's coded. I'm sorry. You know, it, in, it was poorly coded. It's coded like, uh, you know, E.T. on the Atari. It's <laughs> a, re- a good reference for anybody under 25 and under. E.T. was a bad game for the Atari back in well, 1982 83. Yeah, they made a E.T. was a huge movie. They made a they signed a giant deal. And then they had the guy like they made him make the game and like. Um, very good documentary. Yeah, very good documentary yeah. in Netflix, by the way. Highly check that out. But no, it's Chris, it's like we've talked about this numerous times. It's that same like Latins play with fury and da 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 da. It's like that. Yeah, stop. Just who say who cares what it, what chains somebody's wearing or what they're yeah. I mean, I can, apparently it's a probably have a problem with Deion Sanders. Apparently he probably has a problem with Mr. T. I mean, who knows how I many what he people he has a problem with? You imagine having that kind of unnecessary anger over what somebody wears who cares who cares like who the f- i don't get it yeah oh man it was, uh, it was one of those things where i when i saw that it, like i said it, it did not register with me it took me a second to go wait oh i've, I've witnessed this before people have done this to me sometimes too when they talk i'm not gonna no, whatever that reminds me of uh the old Chappelle uh stand-up bit a long time ago where he said uh he would uh to get some food and the guy before he told him the guy said let me guess chicken right and he said yes how did he know all this time and the guy said come on buddy everybody knew when you walked in here you're gonna get chicken he's like what all this time i thought i liked chicken because it was delicious turns out i'm genetically predisposed yeah he was he was so racist he didn't even realize it at first i think that's what's happened to you yeah They're just yeah. like it just doesn't can't even imagine it... somebody being that racist yeah but, yeah or yeah, I mean, I remember in uh, high school. Never forget, I went to a graduation party. I met somebody's grandma, and she goes, and I'll never forget it. Your hair's not slicked back, huh? Where's your? Do you have a pocket knife on you? 
and I didn't, I didn't, it didn't occur to me. It did not it put Good two Lord. two together. And then I, and then I, and it clicked on me for a second. And my friend at the time, she was like, I'm really sorry about that. I'm like, sorry for what? She's like, what my grandma said. I'm like, and then it clicked. I'm like, oh, well, tell her I'm not from West Side Story. <laughs> and and then like so her mom overheard that conversation she's like you know she's like oh i'm so sorry about my mom I'm like don't worry about it i'm like i'm not just not a shark yeah and i snapped my fingers jets, yeah. and i and i left yeah so yeah but yeah it's yeah, yeah we don't we don't get too much deeper in this but yeah, yeah. let's yeah let's let's move on let's move on and let, the, the let's let's preview the last thing we do before we get out of here is preview the series coming up as the Tigers take on the Pirates this week and the series that starts tomorrow. Apparently there's supposed to be snow in the forecast tomorrow. And I'm debating to sell my tickets. Uh, Cause I don't, by the way, the Red Sox are up 10, three now, bottom of the fifth. And the Lucas Giolito, I, I looked, they strung together like seven straight singles in the, the first inning. There was a home run and then like six straight singles. In. Lucas with a, Lucas with a lid off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, you're the only one who would probably get that reference. And I'm glad that you, so. Whatever so, bubbles, bubbles up. <laughs> so on Tuesday we have Michael Former against Tyler Anderson. So it's a it's a lefty a lefty who he's never faced the Tigers. He, and, well, they saw him in spring training. I'll say that, and I I, I you know why I remember that. I remember that because I said I tweeted out, well, if if there's going to be a day where Spencer Torkelson finally hits a home run, it's going to be against Tyler Anderson, a lefty who throws like 88 miles an hour. And then Tyler Anderson struck out Torkelson on a fastball right down the middle at like 89 or 90. It was like, ah, this is not going to work for Torkelson. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, want, want. The Tigers are supposed to, it's supposed to snow tomorrow. So, we'll see about that. Then, Wednesday's game, you see Mitch Keller, who has struggled huge. I mean, yeah. he's off to a really bad start 8.74 ERA. He's got eight walks. Uh, Spencer Turnbull will make his first start of the season. And he's got some familiarity against the Pirates last year. So same thing with Mitch Keller. And then for Thursday's game, which I think I'm going to probably go to Wednesday's and Thursday's game. Uh, Thursday's game is a one o'clock game. It's a, the getaway game as a JT Brudebaker takes on Jose Arena. And although his e career ERA against the Pirates is 8.18 and Brudebaker, Brudebaker. Uh, yeah, it's not, I mean, Brubaker, it's just, it's like, he should be running a car company, I think. Not the, but he's, his ERA is super low right now. I don't yeah. know anything about JT Brubaker. Outside that, he throws a two seamer. That's it. That's the only thing I know about him. I, I don't know anything else about that, but it's, it's, should be a good series for the Tigers. I mean, hopefully, against offensively speaking, the Tigers pick it up a little bit against the Pirates team that is, in terms of the standings, too. I mean, right now the world's are in first place, which is strange to think, but there's somebody that posted, the Royals wins after nine nine games or nine wins. Mm-hmm. The last couple of seasons have been at nine and twenty two, and this has been the highest they've been at nine wins in quite some time. So that's good for them. And the Pirates come in at seven and nine. They're playing better as of late. So you can't, offensively speaking, they've had some guys pick up the pace, even with. And I don't think um, their third baseman is going to be playing in the series. Uh, uh, yeah, Hayes. Brian Hayes is hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy who's replaced him has been doing pretty well. Is that Philip Evans? Philip Evans. Yeah. Some journeyman he guy. He was a prospect like literally like 12 years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, in, in Mitch Keller, the guy you said, he's got awful numbers. He's got fantastic 
raw stuff. At least it looks like it should be good. And he's just always getting beat up in the majors. So hopefully the Tigers can take advantage of that. But don't be shocked with one of those things where suddenly like, oh, Mitch Taylor has figured it out against the Tigers. And he's got like 12 strikeouts or something. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Pirates, they were one of the few teams this year who were projected to be worse than the Tigers. So the Tigers should go out there and beat them. That's what you're expecting. But as of right now, the Tigers have the worst run differential in baseball. So maybe they're the worst team. Yeah, I mean, anything's – you know what, Chris? I got nothing. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. The only thing we can consistently say is that the bullpen is bad. The starting rotation the starting rotation's good, which is – thank you know, thank the heavens for that, really. And that's it. I mean, as far as the offense is concerned, who knows? I really – the Pirates, they, they got no hit yesterday. Excuse me. They – That's you. They got shut out by a guy. Thank you. Was a, thank you. They got shut out by a journeyman picture, or not a journeyman picture, but the A's, the A's do this all the time, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wrote that article. Yeah. Who are these guys? Chris Bassett from from Toledo, I believe. Yeah, Chris and, Bassett uh, from Toledo. You struggle against Arizona with walks. Guess what? He didn't do yesterday. Barely walked anybody. So, but on that note, we'll be back on our Friday show. Uber will be joining us for the second part of that show. He sent me a he sent me a trade offer, by the way, and I haven't had a chance to look at it. Or I, I did look oh, at it. Energy trade offer? Yeah, and I'm I'm laughing oh. at it, but I haven't chance to reject it yet. I looked at it, I'm like, ah, not gonna happen. So, but I got I've got a guy who's who's literally sent me the same deal like seven different times and cancel it like seven different times before I even got a chance to look at it. It's, it's always some form of Akil Badu and Chisholm or Denelson Lamette. And uh, who else did he want to give me? I don't even remember. But yeah, it's like, what's going on, dude? Just let me respond or or reject it and then move on. But he's scared of rejection. Yeah, scared yeah, of rejection. <laughs> but at any rate, we'll be back later in the week. Again, hopefully the Tigers will be will be singing a different story. But it seems seems like our show is going to be a lot of uh, valleys, peaks and valleys, highs and lows. So until then, we'll see you next time. Get off our show.